This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. If you have your Bible, open up to John chapter 4. I know some of my youth kids are in here. Open up your iPhones to John chapter 4 today. We're gonna, I'm going to start in the fifth verse, and this is Jesus talking. We're reading from the ministry of Jesus, and he's having this conversation with this woman at this well. And I'm going to start. It says this in verse 5. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, we're on this series titled Rivers of Living Water, and some, this may sound like a familiar story to some of us. We've heard this, this exchange between Jesus and this woman at this well, and there's a particular part in this scripture. It's an incredible, incredible passage, and it's, there's a particular part that I feel like the Spirit put on my heart this week to share with you guys, because oftentimes it gets overlooked, or maybe we just read right past this part, but I need you guys to understand who this is having this conversation with this woman at the well. This is Jesus. This is the God of all creation. This is the, the, the almighty, the all powerful. All glory is in this one man. And here he is having this conversation with this Samaritan, with this outcast, with this sinner, with this adulterer. He's having this conversation with this woman. And Jesus says something to her that's so profound. It's so theologically complex that sometimes we just overlook it. But he says to her, will you give me a drink? Will you give me a drink? And think about it this way. Who are we, right? Who are we that we can serve God? Who are we that we can offer something to God? Who are we that we could satisfy God, that we can satisfy Jesus, that we can refresh him, that we can aid him, that we can give him something? And Jesus is telling this woman, you can serve me. Will you give me a drink. It's a crazy concept. Uh, David said in Psalm 8, he says this, who am I? David's crying out to God. Who am I that you would even be mindful of me? Who am I? I'm just a normal man that you would even be mindful of me. You're the architect of the universe. The earth sits at your footstool. Who am I that you would even be mindful of me? See, it's a crazy idea that God, that Jesus in this moment is saying, hey, you can give me a drink. And I felt like the spirit put this on my heart this week to say this, that, that, that Jesus loves us so much. Jesus loves us so much. And, and I'm here to say that, that Jesus didn't need anything from this woman. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't need anything from this woman. But he asked her, can you give me a drink? See, there's nothing that this woman had in this moment that Jesus couldn't just get himself. And I believe that Jesus is asking us the same thing this morning. Will you give me a drink? In other words, Jesus didn't want her water. Jesus wanted her worship. Jesus didn't want her water. Jesus wanted her worship. You guys awake today? Yes. All right, come on. 
Psalms 42 says this, the things of the Spirit is to be poured out. The things of the Holy Spirit is to be poured out. Acts chapter 2 verse 17 says this, in the last days I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. God is talking about the Holy Spirit being poured out in the connotation, in the, in the terms of water, being poured out. And see, he was asking her for her worship. He was asking her to pour out things of her spirit back to him. And I believe the spirit is asking us the same thing today, church. Will you pour out something to God? Will you pour out what you have? Would you serve him today? Would you worship him today? John chapter four, verse 23 says this. This is Jesus speaking. But the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. That same God who looked at the woman in the well, the woman at the well, that same God that said, give me a drink, is asking you the same question this morning. Will you give him a drink? Would you worship him? Would you pour out your spirit? See, God doesn't need anything from us this, this morning, church, but he desires something from us. He desires our worship. He desires our praise. He desires our attention, our affection. He's saying, would you give him your worship? Would you give him your praise? What the Bible is implying here, church, is that the worship of one sinner is refreshing to the Father. Let me say that one more time. The worship of one sinner, the worship of one person is refreshing to the Father. Now, let me paint this picture a little bit clearer for you guys about why this is such a big deal that Jesus is having this conversation with this woman. You see, at the time, Jewish people had nothing to do with Samaritans. They wouldn't even talk to each other. They would walk to the other side of the road if they seen one of them coming. And see, what happened was the Assyrian army had um, invaded the northern part of Israel where these Jewish people were. And those Jewish people at the time, they forsook the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They said, we want nothing else to do with God. And so what happened is they started intermingling with these heathens and with these pagans, and they started having kids with them. And other Jewish people were like, okay, we want nothing to do with you anymore. So there was this big beef, right, between the Samaritans and the Jewish people. They wouldn't even so much talk to people, talk to each other. And here Jesus is, this Jewish man, the God of all creation, having this conversation with this sinner, with this Samaritan, with this outcast woman, even amongst her own society, she's an outcast. And here Jesus is having this conversation with this woman. You see, up until this point in the Bible, John has told us that Jesus is the Messiah. The other disciples have told us that Jesus is the Messiah. But Jesus himself has not revealed his character. And who does Jesus decide in this moment to reveal his character to? Is it the religious elite? Is it the pastors and the priest? Is it the, the socially acceptable people, the people that are deserving to, to know what Jesus has to say? No. It's this woman. It's this Samaritan woman that Jesus decides to reveal his character to, that Jesus decides to show 
who he really is. And I, I declare boldly over us this morning that Jesus wants to draw near to us. He wants to, to show us himself. He wants to show us his character. He wants to show us his goodness, his faithfulness, his kindness. He wants to draw near to us this morning saying, I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what situation you've been in. I want to come close to you and I want to show you how faithful I am. I want to show you I can get you through that storm. I want to show you that I will never leave you or forsake you ever, but I'm here for you. See, a lot of people, when they hear this, this facet of God and they hear like, oh, well, well God, why does God want uh, us to worship him? Is, does God have a big ego, right? Is God needs us to worship him? Like, what, what kind of God is that? He must be insecure that he wants people to worship him. I've heard this before, right? Like, why would he do that? And I, w- I would challenge that thought process and I would say, that's 100% wrong. The Bible tells us from Genesis all the, rev- all the way to Revelation, there's story after story of, of, about Jesus. And Jesus is not a taker. God is not a taker. God is all about right. giving to you. Amen. The Bible says in John 3:16, help me out. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. See, God's a giver, church. God doesn't want to take anything from us. He wants to give to us this morning. God wants to give to us. See, all of that just backstory was to get us into the rivers of living water, right? <laughs> all of that was just a backstory just to get us to this moment right here. John chapter 4, I'm going to read verse 10 one more time. It says this, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Everyone say living water. Living water. Verse 11, then the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and this well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this well will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. See, I want you guys to understand the magnitude of the situation that's happening here. Jesus is saying, would you give me a drink? Would you give me your worship? Would you give me your praise? And in exchange for that, I'm going to give you a fountain of living water. God is saying, would you give me that broken place in your life? Would you give me that, that, that part that you're struggling with? Would you give me that part that, that maybe you're not doing so good? Would you give that to me? Would you worship me from that place? Would you give me the dry areas? Would you give me your finances? Would you give me their struggles? Would you give me all this stuff that oftentimes we don't want to show God, right? Or we don't want to talk about to other people. But God's saying, worship me from that place. Worship me from the dry place. Worship me in that area. And in exchange to you, I'm going to give you a fountain that you can tap into anytime you need it. You can go to anytime you need it. When you're feeling lonely, there's Jesus. When you're feeling depressed, there's Jesus. God doesn't want to take anything from his church. He wants to exchange with us. God is saying, I want to exchange with you. You give me the dry stuff, you give me the brokenness, and I'm going to give you a river inside of you that you can tap into. And it starts flowing. And it starts, oh, come on, church, this is good. Are you catching this this morning? See, God wants us to take our limited, finite resources. And God wants to exchange with us and give us something that's infinite. Give us something that's unlimited that we can tap into anytime. 
uh, I'm going to show you guys this principle a little bit more. Isaiah 61.3 says this. Now, I want to make sure you guys write this verse down. This is good. So if you don't have notepads, just maybe write it on your neighbor's arm or forehead or something. <laughs> this is good. Isaiah 61.3 says this. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Did you catch it, church? God is saying this. You give me your ashes, I'll give you beauty. You give me your sadness, you give me your mourning, I'm going to give you joy. You give me your heaviness, you give me your burdens, you give me your struggles, you give me the things that you're going through, and I'm going to give you praise. See, God is saying, give me what you have, and I'll give you something that you can never get on your own. Amen. Come on, worship him from the sadness. Worship him from the brokenness. Worship him from the emptiness, church, and he will fill you up to overflowing, overflowing that the rivers of living water will flow out of you and onto other people. He's not a taker, church. He wants to give to us this morning. See, this exchange I'm talking about reminds me of another story that a lot of us have probably heard, and it's when Jesus was feeding the 5,000. Right? He was preaching all day. The disciples come to him and say, man, these people are hungry. There's no in and out close. Like, what are we going to do? And God's saying, feed them. And we don't have anything. Little boy comes. This is all I have. Right? He took the limited resources of the boy, and he offered them to Jesus. He took the five loaves and the two fish, and once Jesus, you know, surrendered them to the Father, God took the limited resources of this boy and he did an infinite miracle with them. That's what God wants us to do with him this morning. He wants us to take what we have, offer them to him, and in exchange, he wants to give us unlimited miracles. He wants to offer us this river of living water. Come on, if you're thankful, church, and you believe what I'm saying, let's give him praise right now. Come on. We're thankful this morning. We're thankful this morning. Back in verse 15. Of John chapter 4. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. So here Jesus is having this conversation and she finally says, All right, it sounds good. Sir, give me this water. And see, a lot of us, God's poking at us, God's provoking us. He's trying to get you to say, All right, give me this water. Give it to me. I've, I've heard this message over and over that you love me. I've heard this message over and over that you want to care for me, that you'll be there with me. And he's, he's jabbing at you. But see, oftentimes we don't receive because we never ask. And so this woman is finally saying, sir, okay, give it to me. Now she's still confused. She thinks she's talking about this water in the well, but that's another story. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst anymore, nor come here to draw. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, mm-hmm. You have well said, I have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one you're with now, he ain't your husband. And that you spoke true. Verse 19, the woman said to him, sir, I perceive you must be a prophet. So the woman's like, hold up. How'd you know all that? Sir, you must be a prophet. You must know something I don't know. See, they're having this conversation about water, and all of a sudden, Jesus starts talking about her past starts talking about her husband see in this moment jesus gets what's called a word of knowledge Amen. a word of knowledge just as part of that living water 
That's that, that God wants to flow out of us. And Jesus in this moment gets a word of knowledge and speaks something to her that he would, in other words, have no way of knowing. But the spirit of God was living on the inside of him. And he was able to be active in this, in this river that's flowing out of him. And he told her something. You've had five husbands and the one that you're with now is not your husband. She's like, man, you must be a prophet. And so what ends up happening is this girl goes back to her town. She tells other men in the town. She probably knew a lot of men. And she tells <laughs> these men, oh, my God, you're not going to believe who's down here at the well. This guy must be the Messiah, right? This guy must be the Savior. And so they're like, okay, well, let's go see for ourselves. And the Bible goes on to say that they go meet Jesus, and Jesus speaks to them, and they become saved. And their town becomes saved all because Jesus spoke. Jesus was active in the, the spirit, right? He was active in his faith. Yeah. He was overflowing in this moment. And he gave her a word of knowledge that changed not only her and these men, but it changed her town. And see, that's what Jesus wants to do with us this morning. Um, about six years ago, or this July, we'll be celebrating our six-year anniversary of marriage. Um, yes, we have a five-year-old. Do the math. It's all, it's all good. We're cool with it. <laughs> all good. Bronx turned six this year. Praise God. We're here now, right? And uh, on our wedding day, um, you know, we had someone cook, uh, bake a cake for us. Just one of our, uh, my friend's mom made a cake for us. And um, there's just so much going on with the wedding, right? We put our wedding together in like a month, right? Probably less. It's crazy. And so we were just having, all these people were just helping us out and giving us this and giving us that. And one of our, um, my, my friend's mom baked a cake for our wedding. And in the midst of all the chaos, right, we forgot to pay her. We didn't, we didn't even think about it, right? I mean, we just thought this person paid him. We thought this person paid him. It just, like, kind of got overlooked, and um, we never thought about it, right? We, we just kind of, like, went on our merry way. And uh, last year, about four and a half years later, Mariah is praying, right, seeking the Holy Spirit, and she gets this this word of knowledge, just this attack on her spirit, right? God speaking to her, hey, you never paid Kim. Four and a half years later, you never paid her that money. And so Mariah comes and she's like, did we ever pay for the wedding cake? I'm like, the wedding cake? Like, five years ago? I don't know. She's like, I don't think we did. And so she's like, should I call her and ask her? Like, like if you want. And so she calls and Oh, actually, she goes to her house, just shows up. She lives not too far from us. Goes to her house, knocks on the door. It's like, hey, Kim, this is really weird, but um, I feel, and this lady doesn't necessarily believe in God, right? And so she goes um, up to her and says, hey, I know this is so weird, but I felt like the Lord put on my heart and spoke to me this week that we didn't pay you for our wedding cake. And here's 300 bucks. We don't know how much. She didn't give us a price. We just like gave her money and she, and she starts breaking down crying because she needed 300 bucks she was going through something she didn't want to ask her son for money or her family for money but she had a bill that was 300 bucks and here mariah is knocking on the door and saying hey i want to give this to you and she didn't want to take it right but mariah got the opportunity to to share jesus with her and and share hey i got this from god and she's probably in this moment like oh my god oh oh you're god that i want to have (laughs) right right A word of knowledge, church. This is part of the the rivers of living water that God wants to flow out of us. Um, In another conversation in John chapter 7, 
Verse 37, I'm going to read. This is Jesus having another conversation. It says this. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. I'm going to read it one more time. On the last day of the feast, the great day, uh, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, basically Jesus is saying this, if anyone's struggling, if anyone's going through something, if anyone's waking up feeling like they're not valued, if anyone's waking up feeling like they have no purpose, if anyone's going through something, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. Amen. This is what Jesus is saying. I want to fill you up. And part of, the, part of the, the first part of receiving this river of living water is salvation, right? Jesus is calling us to him. Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying come to me and I want to forgive all your sins. I want to forgive all your past. I want you to walk upright, your chin up. I want you to come to me. Let it be known what's going on. Confess with your mouth that I am the Lord and you shall be saved. Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me and drink. Come to church, in other words. Yes. Come to his word, in other words. Yes. Come to OSL, in other words. Yes. Come to get around people who want to speak life into you, yes. in other words. Yes. This is what Jesus is saying. Come to him. Come to people that want to believe in you, that want to that put you on the right direction, right? People that are going to support you. Jesus is saying, come to me. Come get filled up by me. See, we live in a society that's so thirsty. You guys know what that means? Urban Dictionary. We thirsty, right? But a lot of people, we medicate our thirst, right? We medicate our thirst by the obvious, right? Drugs and alcohol and prescription drugs and all these things that we consume because we don't want to deal with the real problem, right? Some of us medicate with noise and media and music and busyness and all this stuff just to keep us going so we don't have to deal with the real issues, and God is saying, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to go through that. You don't have to medicate because I want to fill you. Jesus is calling some of us in here, saying, come to me. I want to fill you. I want to give you this living water. Verse 38 says this. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said. So basically, he's saying, once you've come to me and now you believe, as the scripture has said, out of your heart, out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water so once you believe then out of your heart is going to flow these rivers of living water basically he's saying once you believe in me the power of the holy spirit is going to be activated on the inside of you did you hear me the power of the holy spirit is going to be activated on the inside of you and you'll start to flow in these gifts acts 1 8 says this you shall receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you you shall receive what when should you receive it? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, Jesus is telling us that we need to receive the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, starting with salvation, starting with admitting that Jesus is king, starting with admitting that we're sinners and we need him. Some of us need to just say, God, I'm here. I need this. Some of us have done that already. Right. And, and some of us need to say, man, I want to be activated in these gifts. I want to I want the rivers to flow out of me. And God's willing to do that. Did you know that? Yes. He's willing to do that. God wants us to be saved. You see, there's this place, church. It's called hell. It's a real place. It's a real place. And God does not want us to go there. Did you know that? That's right. 
and it doesn't take too long to, to figure out where hell is. See, hell is not some like mystical place that's floating around in the ozone or outside of the atmosphere. No, hell is a real place, and the Bible says that hell is in the heart of the earth. The Bible says that hell is in the heart of the earth. And if you don't believe what the Bible says, he reminds us every once in a while when a volcano happens, yeah. right? Yeah. Out of a volcano comes looking like what? A lake of fire. Hell is also referred to as a lake of fire. And so it's there every once in a while just to remind us, just to say, hey, this is a real place. And it's, not, it's to be avoided. See, God does not want anyone to go there. That none should perish. God wants us to live with him in heaven. There's no more sorrow. There's no more tears. There's no more sadness. There's no more cancer. There's no more lack, right? There's no more stress. The Bible says that there's many mansions that Jesus has been preparing for us. The streets are lined with gold. It's a perfect place. There's all-you-can-eat buffets. There's unlimited Mountain Dew, right? It's this perfect place that God wants us to be with him. And see, that's why Jesus gave his son or excuse me, that's why God gave his son, that we can believe in him, that none of us should perish, that we all should have eternal life with him in heaven. Amen? Amen. See, Jesus didn't want, um, you can come up. Jesus uh, wasn't born with this spiritual disease that a lot of us are born with, this right. spiritual disease of sin. Not a lot of us, we're all born with this spiritual right. disease right. of sin, Right? But Jesus, God had this master plan. I'm going to send my own son to be born of a virgin. Why is that important? Because he was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He was an innocent man. And he had to make a conscious decision every single day. Every single day, he had to wake up and, and say, I want to be in the perfect alignment what the Father says. He never spoke out of the will of God. He had to wake up every day and decision after decision, choice after choice, he had to, he had to say, okay, I gotta be in perfect alignment to what you're saying. Because he knew if he would have sinned even one time that the whole thing would fall apart. The whole thing would just, it wouldn't work, right? But he chose every day to live in the will of the Father and he made it all the way to the cross. And on the cross, church, he paid for the sins of me and you. God, Father in heaven, took out the wrath on his only son. He paid for the sins of, of the people who might not sin that bad. You know those people? They're like, oh, that's a, such a good person, right? They still have sin. He paid for those sins. He paid for the sins of the worst of the worst, right. the biggest atheists, the biggest haters of God. He right. paid for all that past, present, and future all the sins of the of the world were were put on this one man named Jesus that whoever should believe in him shall not perish but of everlasting life and that's the first part of this living water that some of us need to receive is salvation forgiveness for our sins he who believes in me as a scripture had said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water and you will receive power church See, we want to be activated in this power. We want to be activated. We want to be flowing in these gifts. Let me read this to you real quick. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says this, but the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The manifestations of the Spirit, the things that the Spirit does inside of us, it's given to everyone. Let me read it to you real quick. Words of wisdom, 
words of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, the working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, interpretations of tongues. These are all the manifestations of the spirit that God wants to use, that God wants to give us. These are the rivers of living water that he has for us. And see, some of us today, we need to let those rivers flow. We need to ask God, hey, let this flow in our life. We want to be activated in this river. There's thirsty souls everywhere, church, all around, people struggling, people going through stuff. A lot of them won't say it, but if we're active in this, these, these rivers, God will speak to us, God will use us. Just like he did with this Samaritan woman, the rivers were flowing in Jesus and he gave her a word of knowledge. That's what God wants to do with us. And so if this sounds like, man, this is, this is good. I wanna, I wanna live this way. I, I wanna speak to people and I wanna, I wanna change their lives, right? I wanna, I wanna give words of knowledge and, and words of wisdom. And I, I wanna do miracles all for the glory of Jesus, right? If this is you, I, I invite you, stick around. Stick around people that wanna encourage you. Stick around people that wanna help you build this faith. Stick around people who are gonna love on you, who are gonna speak good things about you who are gonna speak the word over you, who are gonna encourage you. This is what the body of Christ is for. And so we encourage you, come back time after time again. Because a lot of us, we ask for this, but we don't necessarily see it right away, right? We're like, God, I, I'm giving you everything. And sometimes there's a, something blocking it, right? There's like a dam that's blocking this water from flowing out of our life. And, and God's saying, it's okay, keep coming back. Keep coming back, keep coming back. We're gonna, we're gonna break that wall down. And once that river starts flowing, church, yep. oh, it's hard to stop. Once that river is going, it's hard to stop. Real quick, I wanna share with you just this analogy that I feel like God put on my heart. Um, I shared it with Mariah last night. All these baby thoughts are going through my head, right? And you know, God, when we come to him, a lot of us are like a little baby who's, who's learning to walk. Right. And so think about when the baby's like maybe one, a little older, we're trying to teach him to walk. And so typically it's the mom and the dad and they're, they're, they're sitting and they're, they're trying to get the baby to walk to the other one. You guys know what I'm talking about? And what happens is these, the baby takes their first step and we're so happy. Right. That's some of us in here. God, we're taking our first step and God's like, yes, I'm so happy. Right. But then the baby falls. The baby stumbles. The baby might fall on its head. Now, the dad in that situation doesn't get mad at the baby. The dad's not like, you're so dumb. Why can't you walk? No, the same way that when you stumble and when you fall, even after you've said that you believe in God, God's not mad at you. He's saying, get back up. As long as you're walking to me, it's gonna be okay. And see, there's, sometimes there's other people in the room when the baby's trying to take their first steps and they're like, oh, that's so cute. And they're encouraging them. And they're, and they're speaking life over them and saying that you can do it the same way the body of Christ is there with you when God is saying, get back up, yeah. get back up, keep walking. As long as you're headed to me, it's going to be okay. The body, us, we're going to be like, you can do it. Come on, keep moving. I believe in you. As long as you're taking steps in the right direction, as long as you're headed towards God, everything's going to be okay. See, God's not mad at you, church. God doesn't care when you stumble. He's saying, get back up, do it again. I love the song, do it again. Yeah. Do it again, church. This is the God that we serve. Pastor Jeff, you can come on up and close this out. But this is the God that we serve, church. He's faithful. He's kind. He's loving. 
He cares about us. He wants to be with us. And I feel like this is the message that God put on my heart to share with you guys. And I pray that you guys receive this message today. That was good. That was real good. That's why. That's why. That's why. That's right. Are you blessed to have been ministered to by this man of God? Are you thankful that out of his mouth is flowing rivers of living water to you today? Yes. Yes. We see it, don't we? We, we have a church that's like, oh, I just love you so much. I want you to have it. And so week after week, Branamir is building into our youth this way. Mariah is building into our youth this way. And now he's building into our adults this way. And this is not the last time. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. This is going to be somewhat regular because God has him on a path. That's right. And he said, I want more. That's right. And you're going to get it. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to call you up while I release Branamir to, you can pray with the people. We'll turn your microphone off for privacy, but you can pray with the people. I'm going to call the prayer team, but we're going to do something different today as we commit this time to the Lord. It's always, Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you saying? Because how could I ever tell you what's, you know what you ought to do? No, no, no. We hate that. <laughs> we hate that. You know what you ought to do? You don't know nothing about me. The Holy Spirit is so intimately acquainted with you, with your position, with the struggle, with the things. I love that scripture. As much as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. <laughs> okay, great. If everyone were operating that way, right? Sometimes it doesn't depend on you. I've done my part. I'm trying to live at peace, but some people are not trying to live at peace with me. God knows that. And he will make a way. He'll make a $300 way where someone thinks there's no $300 way. Isn't that right? Because he knows where the $300 needs to come from. He's going to plant that seed and say, follow up on this. Take care of this. And so he may be talking to you, follow up on this. So you can bless somebody else and say, Jesus sent me to you with $300, whatever it is, right? It may not be money. It may be something, but he knows what they need and that you have it. Likewise, he knows what you need and is speaking and re removing the blockage to get to you. I often encourage people to pray this way. Don't just pray for the thing you need right now. Pray six steps down the line that's holding it up six steps away. Lord, bless those people so that they can get it dealt with so they can flow through to us. Isn't that right? Do you care how it comes? Just get it to me, Lord. I don't care how the Lord does it. That's why we say, we don't care. We don't care. Lord, we just want you. We just want you, your plan. 